I just love the fact that Sun Ra was showing people and actually taking the initiative to dream up a future for Black people. To just like inspire other Black people to actually dream of a future. Even if that's building a colony in another country on a little island. It's the idea of imagining because for so long we've been suppressed with being able to imagine, specifically and especially African Americans living in America, you know? Welcome to My Spiritual Friends from Worthy Well, the podcast that's here to affirm and inspire you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Shelby Renee Giles. Grab some tea and settle in as I dive deep into the stories behind the spiritual awakenings and numinous experiences of people from all walks of life and how those experiences changed how they see and care for themselves and the world around them. We're here to normalize your spiritual experiences in the physical realm, one story at a time. Come out of your spiritual closet with us. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of My Spiritual Friends. Thank you for joining me. I am so grateful that you're here and I hope you're journeying well. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you all with an artist who has truly touched my soul ever since I was introduced to her work several years ago. And she's also an incredible human being. I'm talking about Jamila Okubo. Jamila is an interdisciplinary artist exploring the intricacies of belonging to an American, Kenyan, and Trinidadian identity. Combining figurative painting, pattern and textile design, fashion and storytelling, she celebrates the Black body in relation to movement, expression, ideology, and culture. Inspired by conga cloth, which communicates messages derived from Swahili proverbs, quotes from the Quran, African folklore, and popular culture, Okubo creates her own patterns in reference to the history, mythology, and vernacular of the African diaspora. She prints these original patterns on paper as collage material for her paintings or on fabric for fashion and performance-based work. The gestural strength of her imagery and symbolism is a platform for restoring agency and reclaiming the oppositional gaze. Style embraced for sociopolitical impact, woven with ancestral and contemporary wisdom, invites the viewer to reflect on old and new mythologies, alternative realities, and self-love. Based in Washington, D.C., Jamila holds a BFA in Integrated Design from Parsons, the New School of Design. Her work has been exhibited nationally and internationally, in venues such as the Torpedo Factory in Virginia, Social and Public Art Resource Gallery in California, Milk Gallery in New York, Weeksville Heritage Center also in New York, Super Wonder Gallery in Toronto, and the Draywalk Gallery in London. She has created art installations for Culture Corps and Hudson Yards in New York, 
and the Line Hotel in DC. In addition, her work has been reproduced for publications and purchased for private collections. Some notable publications of her work have appeared in O, Oprah Magazine, and multiple book covers, including An American Marriage by Tayari Jones. She has collaborated with brands like Gorman and Christian Dior as well. And currently, she is represented by the Mahari Saquar Gallery in D.C. So, like I said, this was just such an honor, and I'm really excited for you all to really dive into this really beautiful conversation about spiritual journeys, art, life, all the things. So let's get into it. Hello. So good to see you. Good to see you too. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I am excited to have you. I am so thrilled to just talk about all the things, your incredible work, how your journey has played into that. And yeah, just really dive in. How are you feeling? How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. It's been, you know, a rocky few days. With this like full moon in Aquarius, mm-hmm. I did not expect it to hit me the way it did. Same. That in combination <laughs> with like me being on my cycle just really just like turned oh it God. up a notch. Same. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, same yeah. on all fronts. Same on all fronts. It's like, now that I think about it, yesterday for me, I guess being the full moon and like seeing it, Mm. it felt like it was an end of a cycle for me. Uh, Because the past few days, I was just like going through reflecting on things that are going on in my life and just crying hysterically for like three days in a row. And I was like, okay. And then the full moon arrived and I saw it. I'm like, wow, okay, I think I'm done. Yes. (laughs) On to the next chapter, whatever that may be. I don't know what it brings, but I feel like I've like went through like a cleansing and so. I'm feeling refreshed. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I so can relate to that. I had a very similar experience. And it's so beautiful how, like, even if you didn't know that it was the full moon in Aquarius and, like, all, you know, it's happening. Like, you're you're tapped into what your spirit is calling you to lean into. and And, yeah, like, when we surrender to it, we do come out of it lighter and ready for the next cycle and just like having that trust to just lean into it um it's it's brave and yeah it's it's a thing I so feel you it is definitely brave so everybody else out there who can relate and who is you know closing out a cycle coming out of we're actually really directly still in the Aquarius full moon right now when we're having this conversation but coming out of that um just know that you are exactly where you're supposed to be Mm. and to give yourself grace and to let yourself feel you know whatever it is you need to feel because it's a it's a release that we are all deserving of because yeah the lightness and the the readiness on the other side is is really beautiful. So, 
Yeah. And we're going to get into it. (laughs) We're going to get into it. Uh, But first, I want to share with our listeners how we connected. And it goes all the way back to 2016. (laughs) And I, I think that was the year I first like saw your art and I was just blown away. I was blown away. And I think it was, um, your, we, the people collection series. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have those prints. Like those prints came with me to LA. Yes. I still have them. That makes you so happy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. And I think I got your beautiful calendar. Like I was just like, whatever, this woman is doing, I want to be a part of it and support it because yeah, your, your talent was just so evident and it's just been beautiful to see how that has, you know, continued to be recognized by others and how you continue to just shine your light in a way that's like truly inspiring, you know? And so, So yeah, and that's how we first connected. I um I remember emailing you like, yeah. <laughs> how can I get this? <laughs> and then um and then we reconnected in um Lauren Ash's community, the circle. Yeah, yeah back in I, I think twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, wow. I miss it too. I I know that she's building some beautiful, beautiful things to yeah to you know usher in this i think eighth year of black girl and ohm so i know everyone can really look forward to how that continues to evolve and and blossom as well definitely yeah but we've all been fed you know so beautifully by that community so yes so yeah i am so thrilled again to get to one-on-one talk with you about your spiritual journey, how it informs your work, you know, just what life is like as an artist, Mm. having a spiritual experience as a human being in this, in this period, in this realm. So yeah, let's dig into it. Okay. Let's, yeah, let's dig into it. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And I always like to start with the very beginning for people and, how spirituality showed up for you when you were growing up. So what did spirituality mean for you as a child or your earliest memory of your experience with spirituality? I would say I wasn't as in tune with my spirituality as a child. I would say more so, I guess you could say religion. Mm -hmm. Uh, My grandmother on my mom's side and my father's side, actually, but like I grew up with my grand, you know, my grandmother and my mom's side of the family, and they were all very Christian women mm-hmm. who like went to church and like we celebrated Easter. And I would literally, my grandmother would take me down to North Carolina to visit my cousins, and like we would go down there to celebrate Easter and mm-hmm. like go to the church down there and the community that my grandmother grew up in and. Would, like mm-hmm. celebrate with our relatives and stuff. So that's like my earliest memory and just like really being raised by like my elders and my aunts and great aunts and grandmother and her ways of just like 
really trying to instill like Christian values in me or like, mm-hmm. you know, telling me to pray before I eat and before I go to bed and things like that. So that was really my, I would say like my first connection to, mm-hmm. or like gateway to like spirituality. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely relate to that. And, and what gifts would you say that you received from that initial, it sounds like that was your your, the foundation of your, your spiritual journey, what gifts do you feel like you gained from that experience? I think reflecting back to those times and the things that like my grandmother was trying to instill in me, most importantly, I would say praying Mm. because I definitely stopped praying after a while as I like grew up and like became a teenager, you know, I was just like, thank you for the food and I would just start eating, you know, mm-hmm. or like, I didn't really like pray before going to bed. My grandmother would literally pray before going to bed every night. Like mm-hmm. she would get on her mm-hmm. knees by her bedside and like pray. And it's like, I was like, okay. I don't know what I was going through as a teen, but I was just like, I'm not doing that anymore. You know, but I would say, yeah, prayer is something that I recently feel like I've reconnected with. And like Mm. figuring out who or what I'm praying to, I think, because there was a time, I don't know when, maybe like high school was when I started questioning Christianity and like Mm -hmm. these belief systems about God and like who is God and what is God and like seeing like the overlapping between different religions and like trying to find the center point, I guess you could say, where I feel like I'm not being judged or forced into this like I don't know what to call it but I wanted to make sure that I felt free and like supported Mm -hmm. and you know in this like practice of spirituality and like you know understanding the divine creator or God or whoever so Mm -hmm. um, yeah yeah and you mentioned um you know as a teen you is when you kind of started questioning what you have been taught, seeking more, seeking more knowledge, you know, seeking more Mm -hmm. understanding of, you know, what spirituality actually meant for you. How did that questioning or seeking continue to evolve throughout your teenage years into your 20s? And was there kind of a turning point for you that you recall? Mm. Or was it more of a gradual evolution of understanding you know what your spiritual journey was I feel like it was a gradual evolution because I feel like my mom she wasn't she isn't super religious I think she like is somewhat spiritual but like Mm -hmm. she was completely different from my grandmother because I think I don't know somewhere in the past maybe it got lost in translation or my mom didn't really like my grandmother's approach but I do Mm -hmm. remember like when I was like 15 teen um we started going to church again and Mm. I did this like program with black women and other black kids and like I did this rites of passage program Mm. I like somewhat remember exactly what we were doing but I feel like that's when I was kind of introduced to some African spirituality principles Mm. um or pan-African I would say and I think some of that kind of evolved into like my later years in college where I started reconnecting to spirituality. I think when I started meeting other students 
from like the African diaspora, like other black students mm-hmm. and then like learning about different cultures and learning about their, you know, belief systems about spirituality and religion mm-hmm. and learning about Islam. And like, I'm like, wow, there are different approaches to this ideal of who God or divine creator is. And I'm intrigued. And I think in college was when I really started to delve more into spirituality and I discovered Harriet Apothecary, um, mm. which was like this collective by, I think, oh, I don't know if it's just Black women, but I think Black women and women of color, where mm. they were like creating these like experiences for people, for women, um, people of color in one space where it's like you could get a massage and like mm. Reiki and like things with crystals and prayer and song and like singing together and healing foods and It was just like a different experience for me where I was like, okay, where does spirituality tie into all of this and like wellness and how is it all like together? And I started to realize it like it's all overlapping, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think also like I had, I think, yeah, college was really when I just started to really delve into spirituality slowly, very slowly. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just started discovering people on social media and then I started learning about tarot cards and tarot readings and Mm -hmm. it just kept getting deeper and deeper. And I'm just like exploring different avenues of spirituality and trying to find where I feel comfortable, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And there's, it's almost like the exploration is, is so infinite too. Yeah. Both when it comes to the knowledge and the tools that we just allow ourselves to be drawn to and the internal exploration, you know, Mm -hmm. as well, just like getting to know ourselves on a deep level. And I love that you just let your curiosity guide you to all of these different places and modalities and things. And one thing you said that really resonated with me among all the things that you just said, but uh, one thing in particular is how you noticed this overlap of wellness and spirituality and how it kind of all goes together. How, yeah, yeah. how did that, you know, realization or did it, I should say, change how you care for yourself and how you even approach other people in your world? Like how did mm. making that connection change just how you move through the world? It was eye-opening. I think that the most important thing that it taught me or brought me back to is this desire for like true community Mm. and how community is like the pillar of wellness and spirituality, Mm -hmm. I feel like, because it's like you're taking care of yourself, but it's also somehow kind of overshadowing or like spreading to other people in your community too because when you're well other people feel well too or at least they like start to want to you know Mm -hmm. so definitely community and I think living in New York while I was in college really Mm -hmm. also taught me a lot about care and self-care I was in college I was stressing out I was overwhelmed Mm -hmm. I was overworking myself and so I feel like having community with the student organization, the students of the African diaspora, we were all coming together 
mm-hmm. making sure we were good ourselves, like we were good ourselves, but then also our community around us. Mm-hmm. And I think that really mm-hmm. taught me a lot about the foundation of spirituality. Cause when you think about it, it's like you're taking care of yourself on a daily basis and you're also taking care of your ancestors because you are your ancestors. Mm-hmm. Your ancestors are a part of you. And like, mm-hmm. it makes me think about like, you know, when you're giving your ancestors offerings, depending on like what form of spirituality you practice or even mm-hmm. prayer or like gratitude, just different practices like that. Yeah. And like the most simplest ways of taking care of yourself, like making sure you're eating nourished foods and you're moving your body and like literally the most basic things that allow you to exist in your best form or way you know Um, and then of course like all of that pours into making sure that you are mentally emotionally spiritually feeling good so I just Mm -hmm. feel like it all kind of like overlaps and as I was discovering different parts of it, it was teaching me about other aspects of life and relationships and communication and community. So, Yeah, I love that so much because it, it speaks to just the connectedness of all things, not just in the physical, but also in the non-physical, um, you yeah. know, with our ancestors, with one another. And um, you literally can never go wrong with prioritizing caring for yourself because you're connected to everything you know yeah yeah exactly so I love that yeah so now that you you know have gotten to this place where you have a better understanding of what your practice of spirituality um, looks like for you what resonates with you let's talk a little bit about your work, you know, your passion and just how your journey has played into that. Can you talk a little bit about your art and just how your spiritual journey has intersected with that along the way? So when I reconnected with making work for myself when I was in college, it was an approach of like therapy. Like I had a lot going Mm -hmm. on while I was in school and managing uh, jobs and relationships and, you know, all these new experiences. I was just feeling really, I don't know, like I was missing something. And so I feel like art was a way for me to tap back into myself and like find that joy. And at the time I was listening to a lot of my friends, um, music mixtapes uh mr rapsy mm. his like group was called staying underground uh, mm. mixtapes and i would be listening to them every time he dropped a new one and like i would just paint whatever felt good to me and like it started as an exploration of like oh i want to see more art of like black people and like empowering images of black women and black mm. men and like how do i translate what I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing through music onto paper and it was just a very sensational experience um and it was therapy for me so that's like how Mm -hmm. I started and then I started delving into my personal identity and like my cultural heritage and like Mm -hmm. translating that into art and just figuring out what I want to say with my work and realizing that people's reactions to my work was that they felt seen and they felt 
empowered. And that was really empowering for me to continue what I was doing. And so that's like how I started getting like gigs and things like that. And it was cool. Mm -hmm. And it was allowing me to like develop techniques and explore different themes. And up until like, I would say like the pandemic was when I started to really like, it allowed me to really slow down and like mm-hmm. spend a lot of time in isolation. I mean, a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. so it was really a time of like reflection and like figuring out where I'm at in life with my art. You know, I feel like I was in a transitional phase and I was like, I really need to just sit with myself and listen to what, what I'm telling myself or what my spirit is saying. And mm-hmm. that kind of brought me to like, exploring spirituality a little more and looking into tarot cards and like reading about astrology. And Mm -hmm. I was like downloading all these different astrology apps and like Mm -hmm. everything was resonating with what was going in my real life. And like I was using CoStar and there was another Mm -hmm. app too. Was it Pattern? Yes. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. was Pattern. And it was like looking at those patterns where they were like, this is this this cycle and that cycle. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, holy shit, Mm -hmm. this is too real. (laughs) I'm like, what is happening? They're watching me. No, I'm kidding. But it was just like, I was like, what do I do with all this information? And it was like, I didn't know. I was stuck with my work too. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm going to make. And I was like, all right, let's just listen to myself within and what are the spirits saying? And I was like, do what feels right, do what feels good. And I kind of just let myself go with the flow or listen to my intuition. And it led me to exploring what does spirituality look like on paper or like Mm. on a two-dimensional surface. And it was just like, I was going through so much during that time too, personally. And again, I kind of went back to like using my RS therapy and just kind of Mm -hmm. putting it all on canvas and really being vulnerable and like realizing that this part of my journey and like my practice as, as it's evolving, it's a part of my personal life practice too, of just like being vulnerable with myself and with people and audience, you know, um, So I feel like that was also just like a whole spiritual experience within itself of just like documenting my process and sharing it and like showing how I went from like A to B, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of just exploring like, what does spirituality look like? What does my spirit look like? And exploring that and thinking about who I am and like who my spirits are and who my ancestors were and how I became to be who I am and like just that whole like experience. So that my last series at the, um, at Mahari Sequoia Gallery, that was like a reflection of all of that. And it felt good to like release that onto canvases. And now I'm in this other place of just like really delving deep into like, this is a theme that my teacher had come up with the sacred and the profane and like thinking Mm. about being vulnerable and I feel like that even overlaps with my spiritual practice you know which is very Mm -hmm. sacred to me but it's like yeah I can share parts of it that I feel comfortable sharing with you know my audience yeah wow (laughs) I mean so I I got to see that presentation and just to I had never seen your art at that scale just physically at that, at that large, oh really? Yeah. At that large scale. It was just, 
it was just so, so powerful, so powerful. And you you could tell that it came from such an authentic place. And I, you know, resonated with it so deeply, um, especially after reading about your inspiration behind it and everything. So, you know, I'm going to link to your website and everything, of course, in the show notes. So, you know, people who weren't able to actually like see it in the physical hopefully you can at least enjoy it on the website but it's it's just it's incredible like it's incredible yeah yeah so i can send you the link to the catalog which is still on the gallery's website so you can really see a digital version of it so it gives you the background information it shows you all the images yes Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. I'm definitely going to link to that and I'm going to dig into that too. I have the little book from the, um, from the showing, but, uh, that sounds like a really cool way to kind of re-experience it. So, yes. Yeah. So, so you were able to basically bring forth, you know, an art form, um, which, you know, is oftentimes what, as spectators of art, we're often so lucky to be able to witness is just your experience in art form, you know? And now that you've, you're on the other side of that particular presentation where so much was coming up for you, and it sounds mm-hmm. like it was very much a, a new, a new level of your expression. Yeah. Yeah. How does that continue to show up in what you do now. I know you, you do a lot of, you know, you're commissioned for a lot of different things, you know, and as folks will hear, you know, in your bio and yeah, now that you've kind of, I know that you're going to continue to evolve, but yeah, this place that you're in now, how does that continue to play into how you approach all of your art? Hmm. I think, Most importantly, I feel like this last show really taught me how to be patient and Mm. sit with myself and like really just sit with my intuition, but also don't wait. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really hard and like the process of like making work um, sometimes like, well, last time I feel like it took me a while to get to a certain point of starting to create the work consistently um Mm -hmm. and waiting but now I feel like I'm in a different place after doing this program where I'm just taking from my life experiences and like turning that into art and like translating what exactly I'm feeling or what I'm trying to express with these images and like what am I sharing also Mm -hmm. so I feel like now I'm at a place where it's like I'm starting to even be more vulnerable with my work and like my process and just trusting in the process too, I think is like something that I've Mm -hmm. developed over the past year or two, uh, which is really exciting because I'm starting to see these new versions of myself as an artist or like with my work. And it's Mm -hmm. like really refreshing to like trust in myself and trust in my process. So I feel like, that is like how much I've evolved so far as an artist and like excited to see where that leads me. 
Yeah, I'm excited too. And yeah, that self-trust piece is so huge, so huge. And yeah, among all the things that you have been moving through, what would you say on your spiritual journey is in this moment, the thing that you're learning most right now on your journey? To be present Mm -hmm. and to cherish the moments or the cycles that I'm going Mm. through and also just like be grateful for those different cycles, whether they're good or bad. Like, yeah, I cried for the past three days, (laughs) but I feel so much better. And like, even when I was crying, I was present and I was like, I was literally telling myself in my head, like, it's okay to cry, let it out, be present, just feel all that you feel right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll understand later. It's okay if you don't understand now, because I didn't understand why I was crying. I was like, why am I crying so much? Like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. I'm going to just let it happen, because sometimes you just don't need to have the answers all at once, you know? I think that's... Yeah. Something else that I had to learn because me, I always need answers. Like I'm searching, looking, doing detective work for answers because like I'm always like needing to know. But it's like surrendering to the feeling of the unknown is like really powerful, mm-hmm. too. And I think yeah. that is what my biggest lesson has been. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Same. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This Yeah, this definitely is resonating. And you know, and talking about being present, one thing that I feel is kind of evolving around, you know, just in spiritual conversations is just this idea that we know that words have power, of course. We know that Mm -hmm. the way we feel has power. You know, there's a lot of conversations still about manifestation and, and all of that. But you know, we have to also be really conscious of when we are bypassing the thing that wants to teach us, you know, the thing that, Mm. you know, we're being asked to feel into. And yeah, yeah, I'm just learning more and more. I think having just made a huge, you know, transition in my life over the last several months, learning more and more to allow what wants to express in you, whether it's tears, you know, just feeling, not not judging the feeling, not needing to know why, just letting the release happen and just being with it. And yeah, you so beautifully connected that to the unknown, you know, like and being with our feelings without judgment, that is also being with the unknown and yeah. and that is such a theme, <laughs> you know, in it my is. life right now too. So yeah, I completely hear you on that. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like the word that's been really popular as of lately, especially on social media is giving yourself grace or grace, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's like, give yourself mm-hmm. grace. And yeah. some people are like, I'm sick of that. And then other people are like, I love that. And it's like, <laughs> it's like okay I mean we do need to give ourselves grace like you gotta you know be easy on yourself because I feel like oftentimes with social media things 
that are really important or very sacred become trends so quickly yes. and everyone's trying to hop on to the trend yeah. and then a new trend comes and it's like, oh, I can't keep up. And you start to get overwhelmed and like mm-hmm. start to feel like, you know, having this imposter syndrome or like not really know mm-hmm. what you're doing and mm-hmm. you're just dabbling in everything. And like, you don't know what you're really drawn to. So yeah. I just, yeah, like it's easy to get caught up in that too. Yeah, I remember when I started learning about tarot cards and I'm like, you know, I think I have my limit of like how much I can do with this because mm-hmm. this is what I understand. The rest of it, it's a lot. And it's like, I think that's okay. And it's like, I had to realize like, mm-hmm. that's okay. Maybe yeah. this isn't the form of spirituality that I'm connected to or maybe what my ancestors were connected to you know Mm -hmm. so it made me think back to even my grandmother of prayer like every day she would pray and like Mm -hmm. that was her way of just knowing and believing that she is protected and that she is surrounded by love and by God or ancestors so it just it makes me think about all these overlapping things and like yeah it's a journey and the journey doesn't end so it doesn't (laughs) It doesn't. Yeah, I love that you said all of that because particularly around knowing what's for you and sometimes getting caught up in, especially on social media and the trends and and the things that you, you know, are being told that you should be leaning into and knowing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just so important to give yourself the space to know what is actually resonating with you individually. And I love, you know, how you described it in the context of tarot and, and some things are, are seasonal too for us, you know, and it's, it's so nuanced, you know, especially when you get into your, your individual, your individual journey and your own knowing. And so that's why I'm always like, y'all take breaks, take breaks from social media. Like it's so important. Yes. Take breaks. Seriously. That's something I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. Same. It's, it can be hard because you feel like yeah. you, get, you can get FOMO, you know, and you're just yeah. like, wait, because everything on? is like announced on social media too. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, and then you think about emails and it's like, oh, my inbox is full. I can't like mm-hmm, keep looking for mm-hmm. the event invitations and whatnot mm-hmm. and stuff. So mm-hmm. I completely get it. Yeah. yeah. I'm still working on that, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah. We're all on this journey and yeah, it's a, it's a practice of just tuning in and, and mm-hmm. also, you know, giving ourselves grace when we mm-hmm. do, you know, recognize that we're getting a little bit caught up in the, in the hamster wheel and need to come back to ourselves. So it's all, it's all just a practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say one thing that like, I really appreciated about being a part of the circle with Lauren Ash is that Mm -hmm. having community to like, feel like, okay, I'm not the only one going through these different cycles and like, yeah. And two, like, it really made me appreciate journaling and like the benefits Mm. of journaling, being able to Mm -hmm. reflect back to moments or times of when you were going through a cycle or a phase. And then like to see how you're feeling outside of that is like Mm -hmm. really 
empowering and it pushed me to like keep going. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I am making progress even through all the storms and the everything. It's like, I can, I can still keep moving forward knowing that I'll be okay. And I'm like, okay, this is good. Yes. Yeah. And knowing that, you know, all of it is for our use and yeah, that, that has been a huge practice um, for me as well. Like I was just recently looking back to the new moon in Aquarius and I was like, what was I calling it? <laughs> you know, six yeah. months ago, you know, mm. but it was beautiful to see um, just how things continue to unfold. And, and you, like I said, just start to like judge your journey so much less, you know, you're yeah. just like, Oh, okay. Yes. So yeah, I love that. I love Me that. Yeah. I love it so much. Like, it's life you know <laughs> like it's life right it and it's is. a process <laughs> or journey yes. process journey yeah all of it all of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I hear you so one thing that I want to ask you about because I'm a huge Sun Ra fan <laughs> going Same. back to your inspiration yeah I read that Sun Ra is a huge inspiration for you and so I wanted to hear, and of course, you know, spiritual, just the expression of spirituality through music is mm. what I'm so inspired by um, regarding Sun Ra. Yes, yeah, so I got so excited when I read that. I was like, oh my God, I have to ask her about this. Yes. Yeah. When were you introduced to, to Sun Ra and, and how did it become an inspiration to you in that way? In college. Oh, okay. I discovered his work probably like sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't know, 2013, around that time. It's funny because I was looking up like black exploitation films and like somehow mm-hmm. I came across his film Space is the Place and I watched it mm-hmm. one night and I was just like, <laughs> like blown away. I was like, I like the way this man thinks and like talks about <laughs> like even if it is very imaginative and like mm-hmm. I, I recently read a critique of Sun Ra and like um, Afrofuturism mm-hmm. by this uh, African designer. But even if it is like when you think about it, maybe it's I don't want to say small thinking, but it's kind of like constricted a little bit because mm-hmm. it's focused on like space and you know black people in space it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. about the surface level that you see aside from like the science fiction and technology aspect of afrofuturism i just love the fact that sun ra was showing people and actually taking the initiative to dream up a future for black people to Mm. just like inspire other black people to actually dream of a future, even if that's building a colony in another country on a little Mm -hmm. island, it's the idea Mm -hmm. of imagining because for so long we've been suppressed with being able to imagine specifically and especially African-Americans living in America. You know, we are in this like infrastructure of like, you live within the society of other people and your job is to service other people and like, just, do the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again every mm-hmm. day, every day. Don't dream, don't believe, don't imagine yourself in any other place but here because this is how, you know, like, so I was really just like, one, drawn away with 
his exploration with music and just like Mm -hmm. I feel like he was just so tapped in and tuned into himself and his intuition of feeling and like expressing that and like look at what he created yes the music sounds chaotic but it also sounds good at least to me yeah it's (laughs) whenever I'm in the studio I started listening to his music and I'm like I can focus with this. I don't know why, mm-hmm, but maybe mm-hmm. we're on the same frequency. Yeah. It is what it is. Like every time I hear all that, like some people would call it noise, but there's just so much going on. It feels like you're listening to like a language or like, you know, yeah. like, he's communicating something to you. You don't know what mm-hmm. it is, but you feel it. That's the experience that some music brings, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, Music is like that for everyone. And it's different frequencies in that music that is attracted to different people. Like different genres attract different people. But you feel something mm-hmm. that makes you move, you know? Yeah. So I really was really inspired by like the way Sun Ra was able to captivate that. And imagine, even if his ideas were silly. I mean, are ideas silly, really? Because like we've seen mm-hmm. people manifest things and these people and science and technology manifest all these new Mm -hmm. technological advances so it's not far from reality what he was talking about so yeah um, yeah that's just how i feel about sun ra yeah (laughs) and like sun ra orchestra seeing him uh well not him but his orchestra perform before solange that was like a whole experience too Wow. And I brought my grandmother with me, too, which is so funny. (laughs) I still think about that. I was like, I've been wanting to go. And I was in California. And the day I got Mm -hmm. back to D.C., I was like, I want to go see Solange perform. How do I make this happen? And I just looked up, like, resale tickets. And I was like, I don't want to go alone. And my grandmother, she was there. And I was like, well, why not bring grandma? Yeah, I don't know. She hasn't been to a show in so long. It's not mm-hmm. earth, wind, and fire, but like, you know. <laughs> so I was like, Grandma, get dressed. We're going to the Kennedy Center to see Solange and Sun Ra Orchestra perform. She's like, who? I was like, just come on. Let's go. <laughs> and she had a great time, you know? So it was really. Oh, I love that. An experience. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And I love what you said about just inspiring Black people to dream and. Yeah, like we have just so often been in this space of feeling like if we let go of the survival, then everything will fall apart in a way, Mm. you know, and it makes me think about when I, you know, left my former job and it was on the cusp of being promoted and I remember having this conversation with my mom about it and, you know, we're talking about how important it is for black women to be in these roles and in different things. And, mm-hmm. and I was just like, but that's also almost like the survival too, you know, because it's based on lack, you know? And what if I, what if we all dream beyond the lack and dreamed the largest dream, you know, the highest expression of why we're here that's not connected to any form of 
lack or suppression. Other people's dreams. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Other people's yeah. dreams. Exactly. So, and I feel like your journey so beautifully illustrates that too, you know, just watching you do something that you're so passionate about and that is inspiring in and of itself, you know, Thank others you. to to do the same. Yeah. It's yes. very fulfilling, I feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. is what keeps me going. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm not being fulfilled. And yeah, I can tell when I feel that way. And then it's like one of those moments where it's like I, I can feel that like, okay, it's time to reflect and make a new move or figure out how mm-hmm. to get back mm-hmm. onto path. Um, yeah, yeah, like it's it's definitely a journey of just like, figuring out things and trusting your intuition and also knowing what you want in life or like what you want to feel or experience yeah. and how you want to live. Mm-hmm. And also, like you said, like not looking at it from a, you know, perspective of lack. And I also think I really get that from my mom, like mm-hmm. just like seeing her move throughout life it was never really from a place of lack. It was always like, well, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to figure out how to like make it happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think Black people need to like often tap back into. Not saying that mm-hmm. we aren't, but like mm-hmm. some of us are, you know, we have that cloud of like feeling lack over our head where it's like all you have mm-hmm. to do is dream and like believe that somehow you can you know get to that point or figure out how to you know because mm-hmm. um, it'll work out like yeah. if you believe and I think that's a part of manifestation too is that you have to believe mm-hmm. it first before yeah. anything can even move or like start mm-hmm. moving for you to like clearly see what it is that you are mm-hmm. manifesting I think so yeah yeah that's so so true so so true that belief is so important and and I understand like with all the things happening in the physical world like people can so easily be knocked out of that that belief of of what of the infinite you know possibility of things and that we are infinite beings and I think it comes back to reconnecting with our spiritual nature and mm-hmm. reconnecting with the God within, mm-hmm. you know, if if you believe that God is in you, then factually everything is possible for you. Exactly. And that is something that supersedes all the beliefs I, I feel. And so, yeah, that's so important. Gosh, this is such a great conversation. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so coming back to where you are in your journey right now, what are the things that you absolutely have to do to sustain yourself spiritually, sustain mm-hmm. yourself from a from a well being perspective? But you know, we've already talked about how they're one and the same. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are your non-negotiables on your spiritual journey that you you do to help sustain that? Hmm. I would say that I normally for me because I'm still in my like learning phase of different aspects of spirituality mm-hmm. and I guess you could say astrology is like mm-hmm. reading about what is happening in astrology 
and then mm-hmm. like kind of journaling about it or like journaling prompts um for sure journaling yeah and then i also recently was inclined to buy like a tarot card deck and it was like an mm-hmm. african goddess spirituality deck which mm-hmm. i was like this is perfect um let's go with it and like ever since it's been mm-hmm. really empowering and like when i'm having mm. moments of feeling down or even when i'm having great moments you know i i usually like always check in maybe like once a week at least and like do like a reading for myself and just see where i'm at and like what cards have i felt inclined to like turn over like you know pick yeah yeah and and even just i guess still reading about other forms of spirituality like I have books by uh Queen Afwa mm-hmm. and that's been helpful to to read every once in a while it's a lot of information so like I take my mm-hmm. time with it I'm like, <laughs> okay this is a lot of download I'm gonna like yeah read one chapter let it resonate for a few months mm-hmm. and come back to it you know um also being around like-minded individuals or having Mm -hmm. people that I can talk to who also have some form of like spiritual practice or like belief system it is really helpful to like be surrounded by or at least be able to reach out to folks that like understand and like are on the same frequency as I am Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yes that totally makes sense that's all so beautiful and and I use some similar practices myself so that really resonates with me and yeah for just to kind of wrap things up you know knowing what you know now about your spiritual journey what advice would you give your younger self knowing what you know now to be patient with yourself uh, most Mm -hmm. importantly I think that is really the most important thing because I feel like when I was younger I would learn about something like whether that Mm -hmm. was like veganism or like things about farming or Mm -hmm. tarot cards or astrology and I would sometimes start to dabble in it and then I'd beat myself up because I wasn't able to like retain certain information or like Mm -hmm. consistently practice whatever it is that I was like learning about And, you know, I was trying to, like, structure new habits and whatnot, and I just wasn't giving myself grace or being patient with myself to, like, actually let it sink in. So, yeah, I think most importantly being patient and understanding that this is a lifelong journey of growing and evolving and Mm -hmm. rediscovering things um, or discovering new things to apply to my life. So, yeah, just patience. Yes, I love that patience and grace. I feel like they go hand they go in hand. hand. We're just talking about that. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, Jamila. I think everyone needs that reminder for themselves. Like I was just talking to a friend yeah. who is like, you know, at a different cycle of her life. Um, mm. She has kids and like hasn't been practicing maybe her art as much. And it's like, This is going to continue to happen for all of us, you know, like Mm -hmm, as we mm -hmm. journey through different chapters of our life. I'm even witnessing my mom reclaim herself. I have two siblings. They're like both 20 and 21. 
And so they're like grown now. And so like all her kids are grown now. And to see her reclaim herself and her time and like her passions and discover new passions, like she just started like acting and whatnot. And I'm like, wow, I love it. And I didn't know all this time that that was like one of her biggest passions, but she was scared Mm -hmm. to pursue it when she was younger. And now she's doing it. And it's like, I'm witnessing my mom recreate herself literally in present time. And she's going to continue to evolve, which is even more exciting. So it gets Mm -hmm. me excited about life and the journey. I love it. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Sending love to your mom. That's so beautiful. Wow. Wow, Jamila, thank you so, so much for, yes, for doing this and for just sharing your beautiful wisdom and story and art and life. And I'm so excited to continue to follow your journey and just to witness, yeah, your continued evolution. So thank you again. And Yes, I'm sure we will reconnect really soon. Yes, we definitely yes. should. I definitely am hoping to like visit LA soon. I don't know. Wait. Oh, yes. Keep me posted. Keep me posted. Will do. Okay. All right. We'll take care. You as well. Hey, thanks so much for listening to my spiritual friends from Worthy Well. If you enjoyed the conversation, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Shelby Renee Giles. And to check out Worthy Well's latest events and offerings, visit our website at worthywell.co. Until next time, journey well.